the forgotten soldiers. Let's bring them all the way home. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And this week, it's actually a little bit of a different podcast because I've got a mini rant to go on, and then I want to get your help in picking up our forgotten soldiers and bringing them all the way home. And I'll explain what that means here in just a minute. But all of this started, well, it didn't all start, but my mini rant started with a bumper sticker that I saw this past weekend when I was out driving around. It was on the back of a pickup truck out here in Texas. We have a lot of, obviously, very patriotic people in Texas. We're very we're very patriotic about our country and about our state and about our soldiers. And there was a bumper sticker that I saw on the back of a pickup truck that said, God bless our soldiers and especially our snipers. And I've seen this bumper sticker before. I've seen this T-shirt before. I've seen this in a lot of different places. And it really got me thinking about where we're placing our emphasis, right? I mean, and where I guess God should be placing his or her emphasis. And... And it really got me thinking, and it's it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I want to start this out by saying nothing against snipers. Um, I'm a big fan of of, of snipers. Uh, I think all of this came about because of American Sniper and Chris Kyle's story, which really brought to the forefront the the travesty that we have of combat related PTSD. And the tragic loss, not only Chris Kyle, but other members of our, veter- our veterans who have undergone just insane treatments that have not worked to be able to help our soldiers out when they come back from the traumatic stresses of combat. And But what this bumper sticker got me thinking about was, you know, think about it. I mean, God bless our soldiers, but God especially bless our snipers. And... Having been a combat veteran myself, um, again, not, not to take away from snipers, but being a sniper has somewhat of a protected. It's not entirely protected, but you think about it, the very concept of being a sniper is you are shooting from a distance away, sometimes a long, long distance away, but you're always in danger. Sure, you're in combat. But what it got me thinking like, well... What about the guys who are busting open doors, going door to door in houses where you don't know what's behind that door? You're in close quarters combat. How about the guys that are walking along or driving alongside a road and an IED goes off? How about the people at the checkpoints when there's a car coming up to a checkpoint, a civilian checkpoint, and you don't know if that is strapped with bombs or not? How about all those people that don't know if the door that they're going to open has a bomb attached to it or has somebody just waiting for them with an AK-47 behind there ready to just take them out. 
that is a lot more stressful for me than being in a covered position, a concealed position where I have relative cover and, and I'm able to take out an enemy from a distance where they may not know where I'm at. Hopefully they don't know where I'm at. Now, listen, the whole point of this is that there is no especially in it. And I recognize this even being in the military myself where soldiers, I mean, I was in a combat MOS. Okay. I was a forward observer in the military and I was on, I was on front lines, oftentimes behind enemy lines with the way that we trained for and the way that we fought in combat. But the thing is oftentimes combat job specialties like infantry, 11 Bravos, 13 Foxes, things like that. What they oftentimes look at is the, the forgotten soldiers of combat. So the people who are looked down upon maybe like your, your chow hall people, the people who are maybe have some sort of a disability, like they, not a disability, but they have a, a physical limitation. So they're now put into an administrative job, like in two S3 or S4, like supply or admin or intelligence or something like that. So oftentimes those, you know, people joke with them like, man, you got nothing to talk about. You're just, you're just a chow hall pogue. And, but here's the thing is that I can tell you that being out in the field and in the combat zone, like there's nothing like getting a hot meal. And who's responsible for that? The mess sergeant and the entire chow hall staff. Uh, when you need your vehicle to not break down in the middle of combat territory, your mechanics, the people in the motor pool, those are the people that keep your vehicles going to make sure that you can be extracted out of a hot zone, that you can get to a hot zone, that you, your vehicles are in fully functional operation. Your radio control operators that can make sure that if you have to call in support, if you have to call in extraction, that your communications equipment is all set up. Your artillery, who are oftentimes way, way behind enemy lines, but when you need when you're pinned down and you have, or if you have an, an advancing force coming out in front of you and you need artillery support to be able to wipe out that area or you need air support to wipe it out, those artillery people are the most important lifeline that you have. Your communications people, your admin people, the admin people that are often looked down as, as administrative people, if your pay isn't right, your mental framework isn't right. If you know that mama ain't being paid back in back home and your kids aren't being taken care of because there's a problem with your pay, then you've got a problem. You can't be fully in the fight. If your supply is not, uh, if you don't, if you know, if your supply lines are disrupted or if your supply is not taken care of, if your intelligence is correct, all of those job specialties that are that are considered maybe more support functions are really a combat function. Because they help the frontline soldiers do what they need to do when they're pulling the trigger, both mentally and physically. And so I've always, it's always been a pet peeve of mine in the military that they were looked down upon oftentimes and weren't given the due respect that they had. But we were more than certain, you know, we were, we were more than happy to take the, take the, the spoils of that, of, of having the vehicle that we take for granted, if that's fully operational, to having the hot meal that we take for granted. And so I always sell those as the forgotten soldiers. But then there's another layer of forgotten soldiers as well, because they're the ones that you don't see on television. We're not allowed, the media is not allowed to show soldiers coming home in body bags or, or in caskets with a flag draped over it. 
You're not allowed to see those things. We're not allowed to see on television the horrifying images that we as soldiers see during combat. The friends that go down, the, the dead bodies, the children, the, the, the families, the, the wrecked lives that come out of it when you're in a combat zone. You're not allowed to see those as the public because it's too horrifying. But the soldiers see that. The support soldiers see it. The, the people who come in to mop up the mess afterward, the pararescue jumpers that come in afterwards, the special operations folks, just the regular frontline infantry soldier, the, the mechanized soldier, the people that see that, they do see it. And it gets recorded in your brain as a traumatic moment, which is why we have combat-related PTSD. You don't see it out there, but the soldiers do see it. And what you don't see, besides not seeing it on television, you don't see these soldiers at home. You don't see the insomnia. You don't see the addictions to pain medications, to alcohol, to drugs, anything to cope with the anxiety, the depression. You don't see the anger issues they have. You don't see the family problems that they have, the broken families, the children who suffer, and watching their their father or their mother who's coming back from a war zone suffering and wondering what happened to their mom or their dad. The wife or the husband that sees their, their, their spouse come back from a war zone that wonders what happened to the person that they fell in love with. We don't see those. You don't see the suicides that happen. The Veterans Administration recognizes there's from 20 to 22 suicides a day of soldiers suffering from combat-related PTSD. Now, I've spoken about this in the past, but as a combat veteran myself, I've suffered with combat-related PTSD, and that has definitely ruined two marriages of mine, and as I've said in the past, has definitely worked on the marriage that I'm current in at different times. And and this year, we set out to do something about it. Um, we here at Modern Combat and Survival and, and, and myself, we started Operation Save Our Soldiers, which was our mission to be able to end uh, combat-related PTSD suicides and to give our soldiers their lives back. And we've partnered with the Elk Institute and the work of Dr. Carrie Elk, who's done amazing work at not only just working with soldiers, but literally curing PTSD. Now, it's always been thought of you can't cure PTSD, that it's just something that you have to manage. It's just something you have to live with and learn to deal with. In fact, I've talked with fellow brothers and sisters in arms of mine who feel the same way. They've tried everything. They've been through the therapies of the VA, the Veterans Administration. They have worked with dogs. They've worked with horses. They have worked in flotation tanks. They've worked with holistic therapies. They've worked with supplements. They've worked with a lot of different things. And, and it really pains me when they say, well, I've just learned to deal with it. And they just accept that it's something that they're always going to have to deal with. And the fact is, is that it's not something you have to deal with. That there is a cure for PTSD. That it's a mechanical problem. It's not a, it's a psychological mechanical problem. And that mechanical problem, when you, just like a car, when you fix those mechanics, it's fixed. If you have a car that has a bad spark plug, you don't just say, well, I guess we're only going to run on, on five cylinders now. No, you go in, you put in a new spark plug, you, you fix the mechanics of it, and now your car is working perfectly fine. Well, combat-related PTSD is the same way. When a traumatic experience happens, and it is a trigger, it is a traumatic experience that happens, it gets recorded in the brain in a very mechanical way. It breaks the mechanics of the brain. 
and it forces those things to be relived over and over again, and it forces them to come out in many different ways. And it's different for each soldier. That's why there's no one-size-fits-all sort of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a fix out there. But the closest that we've got is to actually do the rewiring of the mechanics of how the traumatic experience is recorded so that it's no longer a traumatic experience that affects your life. You can't change it being a bad memory, but you can change the way that that memory is recorded and how it affects your life. And that is the cure. And that is what we've been doing with the Elk Institute. This year I became a board member of the Elk Institute. I'm very proud of that. And Operation Save Our Soldiers has partnered up with the Elk Institute to be able to spread the word not only about uh, getting word out to soldiers that there is a cure out there and to help more soldiers, but most importantly is to get the word out about having getting support from the community, from those of you out there who are patriot, who are patriots, who do think of the soldiers as as our responsibility. They're not just our freedoms, our rights, our protections that we that we we take for granted from the work of our soldiers, but. They are our soldiers. Now, these are the words of Dr. Carrie Elk, and I really want you to take them to heart because she's right. We need to do more for our soldiers, which is why the Elk Institute never charges for getting help to their soldiers. In fact, we fly the soldiers out from anywhere where they're at. We put them up in a hotel. We feed them. They pay zero dollars for the time that they get the therapy. And within just a matter of one or two hours, oftentimes, they are literally cured of the traumatic experience that they've been reliving that have forced them to rely on drugs, alcohol, ineffective therapies, um, all sorts of things that weren't working. The depression is gone. And we're trying to get the word out on this, but more than anything, what we need is money to be able to do this because the soldiers don't pay anything. Everything that we do is based upon the the donations that we get in. Now, this week, uh, this month, the June of 2017, is uh, June is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's PTSD Awareness Month, and June 27th is post-PTSD uh, Awareness Day. So, we here at Modern, Modern Combat and Survival have uh, we've, one thing that we're going to be doing this week is 100% of all of the sales of, of 10 of our top best-selling programs. 100% of those proceeds are going to go straight to the Elk Institute to be able to to sponsor more soldiers to be able to get into the program, to fly them out, to put them up in a hotel, to give them the therapy that they need to cure their PTSD and send them back to their families literally as the father or the mother, the husband or the wife that their spouse and their children remembered them as before they went off to combat. It's possible. It's happening. It's happening right now. And you are a big part of that. So this is a win-win this week. So I'm really happy to announce this this uh, this initiative that we're doing this week. Um, if you've been holding on to any of the training that you you've you've seen, we have a, go to our blog. We're going to have a link over there for this podcast episode that will show you all the programs that you can go ahead and check out. Any of those programs that you buy, 100% of that money is going to go straight to sponsoring a soldier. 100% of it. And uh, it's a great opportunity for you to get any, maybe some training that you would like to take on and be able to better your own preparedness. Um, it might be self-defense related. It could be firearms related. It could be survival related. Just check out any of those programs and just know that 100% of those sales 
is going to go straight to the Elk Institute. All right. So please go check out this podcast episode and let's not forget our soldiers. Let's bring them all the way home. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train and survive. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.